0: The best podcast in baseball is brought to you by Closets by Design. Update your closet, garage, office, pantry, and more. Imagine your home totally organized with Closets by Design. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. That story isn't about Sonny Gray's sweeper, necessarily. It's about Sonny Gray, the high school legend in Smyrna, Tennessee. This is the guy that uh, Cardinal fans are going to like. Tell me more. The legend of Sonny Gray. Well, uh, there's several good stories.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Best Podcast in Baseball, brought to you by Closet by Design. I'm St. Louis Post-Dispatch baseball writer Derek Gould, joined today here behind home plate at Field 1 of the Cardinals' Roger Dean Stadium Player Development Complex, Spring Training Complex, whatever you want to call it. And I'm with Stan McNeil, a longtime baseball editor, baseball writer, sports editor, sports writer. I got it all covered. Was with the San Diego Union-Tribune. Uh, most recently was with the Sporting News covering baseball. And now is a senior staff writer for the Cardinals Magazine. Stan, thank you very much for joining me here.
0: My pleasure. You know, all those things. It just shows that I'm old. But, uh, no, I'm going on almost nine years uh, with Cardinals Magazine.
1: Nine years. That's amazing. I-, I wanted to talk to you because spring is such... A good chance to tell stories that maybe during the regular season there isn't time to kind of let breathe or to, to time to even have the conversations. Um, and I also want to just talk to you because you've seen such changes in baseball writing from multiple perspectives as a writer, as an editor, and now seeing you know what teams do to create content. What, what do you? What goes into the decision for you as to what story you're gonna? chase for Cardinal Magazine?
0: Well, the way that we look at it is we're a magazine that covers the team so the games really don't matter to us. We, you know, we're, we're looking for stories that will help fans understand the game or understand the players who are playing, the Cardinals who are playing the game there. So uh, in terms of stories, like anybody, we're looking, trying to do stuff that no one else is going to do, that we can kind of be unique. And uh, we've got some uh, longtime editors who have been working, you know, Steve Zesch, our publisher editor, has been working for the magazine for over 30 years, so... He's got a real good sense of what uh story ideas or what what makes a good story for us and for you what, what are some i mean one of the things that
1: I, I think this was last year that you did was you sat down nolan arnauto and paul goldschmidt and attempted to get kind of a, a verbal tennis match going between their answers um it, it's that kind of thing that kind of career like let, let's see what happens if we instead of telling a story on one of these guys we get them each to try to bring out stories from them
0: yeah and that that specific example was a little different because we'd already kind of written features right. about both of those guys but you know going into a season that was our season preview issue those were the big you know the big guns coming off of 2022 so we thought. Uh, you know, let's just sit sit down with them and uh, see what they have to say about the season and the game and whatever else.
1: What's a memorable story that you've you've done? <laughs> I think of going right to Stephen Piscotti's hometown. That was one. I mean, you have a lot. What, what's what's some of the what's a memorable story that stand out to you
0: with the Cardinals? You know that that was a fun one. I mean, uh, Stephen Piscotti, not just Stephen, was such a good guy. But I got to know his family a little bit, and we know the story about his mom, you know, passing away not too long maybe a year or so after that so uh, but that was fun because I, we actually went to Pleasanton High School where or not forget the name of his high school Anticock Valley or whatever yeah. we actually went to Stevens high school and met with some of it talked to some of his old teachers he even sat down at the pottery wheel and in, uh, in class so that's that's was a great idea. Of what we're trying to do in terms of give readers something that they might not see anywhere else
1: we're We're here on a field as they prepare so there's gonna be some background noise but we should be we should be good um all right so how do you set what do you how do you set that up and what do you learn about Stephen Piscotty doing that story there as opposed to just talking to him over the phone and having him describe I mean beyond seeing him at a pottery wheel no, but you I, could Facetime, I guess. I mean,
0: I I think that uh, when you're when you're face to face, just more personal, you know, and being able to get talk to someone on their home turf, I think then then they're even a little more comfortable, or just their their perspective is different than it would be in the clubhouse or, or any place else. So uh, you know that that's kind of, and it, you try to give them a behind the scenes look at you know what this guy's doing with the off season with his with his life.
1: What, what's so? What's uh What's the off-season story? Other than that, where where did you get most behind the scenes? Do you think with Steven? With no, him? just anybody.
0: Oh, uh, well, we went to I went to Vegas the off-season after uh, the Cardinals signed Dexter Fowler and got to kind of have lunch with him and see uh, the, what I remember mostly about that. Or one thing I remember is uh, his tennis shoe closet. Mm-hmm. You know, he must have had and the garage. I mean, he must have had three, four hundred pairs of. Uh, tennis shoes, Nike tennis shoes, uh, because he was a Jordan, a Jordan guy, so, uh, but no, we were able to work out with him, and this was a guy just coming to the organization, so you can kind of get a feel for, for what he's like, and hopefully convey that to, uh, to the readers uh, before, you know, before he starts playing.
1: Yeah, and what to, what what do you try to, I mean, you, how do you find it teasing out guys to tell you the stories, like, like, was the Dexter, upon shaking your hand and meeting you, say, come see my shoes?
0: No, I mean, that was a story, we, you know, we ask, you know, we asked Dexter, say, hey, you know, can we come out and hang out with you, watch you work out as you get ready for your first season as a Cardinal? And he said, yeah, you know, I mean, so it was, yeah, definitely, uh, we don't have too many players coming to us saying, uh, you want to do a story on this or that? No, it, <laughs> we still have to work to get them and we still have to, you know, it, it takes a lot of thought to come up with the ideas. Do
1: you also work with the the player who writes for the magazine each year you've had some you know wainwright has done it i know some other guys have done it where they uh where they they write for the magazine
0: we got miles returning for a second or third year as as our columnist so yeah what what, the way that works is uh, i'll interview miles or talk to him we'll come up with a topic we'll sit down talk to him then i'll kind of write it up and then send it to him so he can kind of check it out, and we'll go back and forth a little bit and uh, make sure it's in his words. But, you know, I don't, it takes me long enough to write. I don't think Miles has a, a lot of time to be sitting down at a at a keyboard. But uh, so I guess... Ghostwriter. writer, I'm ghost writer for that. So
1: that's a new title. So senior writer and ghostwriter.
0: Ghost writer. Uh, I'm a long time ghostwriter. I've been, uh, you know, when I was at Sporting News early on, probably 2000, 2001, we started doing a column with Todd Jones, who was a yeah. closer, and uh, that continued uh, until until he retired. And uh, we've done, like you say, we've done the columns with uh, the, the Cardinals magazine. So I've done a lot of ghostwriting.
1: What, what do you learn about a guy? When you're not just interviewing them, but you're interviewing them or talking with them for the purpose of having it come out as a written piece by them?
0: You just learn about them. You know, I mean, I don't think it's any, I don't know if there's any difference in them. Writing or just talking. I think that they're you know they 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 are who who they are, and I think that uh, you just try to try to bring that out.
1: Did you get that in the setting with R and Engulchment? What was that like in that in that room? And how did you prepare to kind of get them talking as opposed to just a Q and A with you?
0: You just uh we work hard to come up with good you know good questions, and then you kind of obviously have to be flexible once you sit down with them. But uh, you know those they were they're they're, they're good guys. You know uh, they. They're veterans, so they might uh, have a different perspective than some of the younger players in terms of what they want to, what they're going to, going to talk about. But, uh, but no, those two guys, uh, you could talk baseball with them for a long time.
1: Do any of the exchanges in there uh, stay with you, or did any of them not make the uh, magazine?
0: I c- couldn't even tell you at this point. <laughs> Now you're playing coy. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm telling you, my memory. When you get old, your memory starts to fade. Uh, so. You know
1: what? I, I I've heard that from pitchers when I asked them, about why they throw a pitch? I couldn't tell you. I I can't remember. Um, what? To, so what do you? Uh, how do you spend this time during spring? Spring? Am I right in my kind of thesis there that this is a time that you can get some of these stories to unspool at a different pace, a different way, maybe even greater detail than other times.
0: Some, but mostly you're. You know, we're down here. Here, i'm down here kind of doing some of what you're doing you want to get a feel for for the team and the best way to do that is just just to be around them and hopefully when you're around them you do kind of you know pick up on some of their stuff they might do away from the field some some things that might make a good story you know you've done the miles michaelis fishing story right. you know that that kind yeah. of stuff i mean those are things that you can you're able to have more of a chance to talk to guys in spring training to learn that kind of stuff that will lead to stories down the road did you do have
1: can you tease any that did you go out and do any kind of that experiential journalism with
0: guys here we have not done any to that degree this spring now
1: okay what about in the past
0: in terms of,
1: like, let's go out and do something with a guy. Either like in yeah.
0: Jupiter, we have not. No, yeah. it's a, you know we've done the round tables where we sit down with guys. We've, oh, we yeah, do yeah. that uh, pretty much every spring. We felt like that for our season preview issue. You take a couple of guys who are, we figure are going to be very impactful on mm-hmm. the season and try to get, try to you know have them introduce uh, introduce the season in a way.
1: What's the style of riding like for you? compared to what you did at the Sporting News to this? Is, is it a lot more personality-driven here?
0: You know, I'm not even sure I can explain the difference, but there's definitely a difference writing for a daily, writing for a weekly, and then writing for Cardinals Magazine, which comes out six times six times a year. I mean, you definitely, uh, you always want to be kind of looking forward to what you're writing about, but it's even more, you know, that's even more of our mission with the magazine,
1: how do you uh, how do you look at capturing this team? Then this particular team, um, one that's coming off of. I mean, did, did did Cardinal? Cardinal? How long has Cardinal magazine existed?
0: Cardinal, we've been around for more than thirty years. So,
1: so it has really only. Been a, it hasn't had a season like that to come back from, really. I'm
0: not sure anybody on the staff has been around. I, I guess Steve was around for the last losing season. So, yeah, yeah. last se- se- year was definitely different for everybody, we had. including so,
1: us. So, how, so as you kind of plot out, like, all right, what do we tell folks about this team? I mean, the obvious answer is Sonny Gray is going to be on a cover at some point in time. But what do you? how do you go about thinking, okay, these are the stories that I want to tell to preview this year?
0: This year was definitely uh, different. Because what is this is the first spring without Adam Wainwright or Yachty Molina or Albert Pujols since I've been coming down here? Mm-hmm. So uh, it was different, but yeah, Sonny Gray is actually on the cover of the issue that we did just that just came out, that's just out. What and as a way to uh, explain what we do differently, that story isn't about Sonny Gray's sweeper necessarily, it's about Sonny Gray, the high school legend in Smyrna, Tennessee. Oh, you know, man. so we talked to, talk to a lot of folks and that. Uh, Kind of uh, help form Sonny, and uh, this is a guy that uh, that <laughs> this is a guy that uh, Cardinal fans are going to like.
1: Tell me more about that, all right So tell me about the le- teasing out the legend of Sonny Gray.
0: The Legend of Sonny Gray. Well, uh, to me, there's there's several good stories. One of them is, and this is a tragic story as well. But uh, Sonny had just started ninth grade. He's playing fresh, freshman football. He's a quarterback on the freshman football team. And he had been working out that summer, so he'd already got to know some of the varsity coaches and everything. But anyway, uh, I guess it would have been a Wednesday night in the first month of his freshman year. His father, who worked two jobs, was driving home from his second job and was killed in a, in a car wreck. There were two single cars. His father died in a car or his was in a car wreck that morning The family's in the hospital sonny his two sisters a lot of his coaches are there the decision was made to take uh his dad off life support and so the adults in the room are kind of talking about uh, okay what are we what are, what's next you know mm-hmm. and uh sonny says well you know i've got a football game tonight if I, and if i don't go to school i can't play in the game tonight and everybody goes oh, wh- oh whoa you don't need to be thinking about football at this point and sonny said he looked at looked looked up and said oh, well what would my daddy want me to do mm. and that kind of changed the tone of the room so Sonny went out played football that night through four touchdown passes you know and uh the, one of the coaches said he had the, the he, people in the stands were were crying a- after that game it was it was so emotional
1: and, and then from there i mean that's that's remarkable and how do you and then from there builds the baseball kind of story or or how do you let me let me start here you've gotten to talk to sonny gray how do you think that moment not just creates a legend like you wrote about but also his personality
0: oh absolutely and and from you know talking to tim corbin at vanderbilt who knew sonny i don't think he knew sonny before his father passed but he's known sonny well before he went to went to vanderbilt and it's almost like sonny had carried on his dad's personality in a way you know but there's no doubt that that pat that his father's death had a big ma- you know major impact on him uh, obviously but i also think that he the family the town just kind of came to his support and helped him helped him get through that
1: did you get a sense of how he how him as as a high schooler like you trying to track down what you learn about him as a pro and I mean, he hasn't had a linear career by any stretch of the matter. I'm, I'm amazed by how many different places he's pitched before he became a free agent. And also, there's a pretty wide variety of performance in some of those areas, too. Did you get a sense of how those dots connected?
0: In terms of the struggles that he's gone through, you mean? Yeah. Or just,
1: like, you know, I mean, if what he did as a young man helped inform maybe how he responded as a pro. Or that competitive edge that you start to see as he gets a chance to really dig in, you know, at the highest level.
0: Well, I mean, he's he's had that. There's there's no yeah. question. He's he's always had that. So where he gets that, you know, I would almost guess he was born with born with that. You <laughs> yeah. Know what I mean, because uh, another story that he the first time or one of the first times I guess it would have been the first time that Tim Corbin, the Vanderbilt coach, went to see Sonny. Pitch was he was you know, 13, 14 years old, and Sonny 13, 14 years old right. Remember he's pretty young. Here's a college coach, a big time yep. the Vanderbilt baseball coach, coming to watch him pitch. And uh, Tim said he stuck around afterwards to, to say to meet Sonny and to say hello. And uh, Sonny looks up and he goes, "I know who you are. You're here to watch me pitch, aren't you? You know." Mm. So uh, he kind of had that. And Tim says he's you know Tim says he used Sonny used to call him Dog yeah you know dog and it's like but he did it in a way that was respectful so to me like if you can do that to your coach and be respectful that shows that you have a lot of confidence in yourself but not arrogance if that makes sense
1: how much do you think he's going to come to define you mentioned that this is the first year in 24 years right without 24 springs without Pujols Molina or or Wainwright here in some capacity though Molina will be here as a special but not day to day to day how much do you think like Sonny's personality starts coming in and fills that that opening
0: that's uh that's a great question i think that's why we're here watching at this point just to see kind of how that does evolve whether it's sunny or goldie or lars or or whoever who's going to kind of step up and 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 kind of shape you know they're not going to obviously shape the personality of the team but the team will have a personality and often that is from you know one or two guys at the kind of the top of the roster
1: so you talk to a photographer whether it's a team photographer or a newspaper photographer magazine photographer um fire service photographer and they know that the night that Albert Pujols possibly hits number 700 they can't miss that shot they can't miss it um you know if a no hitter is going on or a chance to clinch a championship there's a photo that they can't miss um I know going to Dodger Stadium that night I've kind of felt like that too there's a story I can't miss Do, do you feel that way to in some ways with with the whatever story you do about either the history or in this case introducing a player for the first time to a family do you, do you feel there are these moments that and I, I can't miss on this because of the the place i work
0: it well obviously you want to hit everything but the way we would look at that is i would read all the coverage in the next like that's out in the next few days yeah. and try to take an approach that is different from that. That mm-hmm. would bring you know new information. That would bring a new perspective to that. So uh, it's not so much you you're, you're uh, worried about missing it on deadline but you're more like if you see something you hope almost that like no one else notices so it won't get reported and like oh okay yeah i feel that way yeah i mean
1: i try to do that on (laughs) deadline yeah Yeah. we're all doing that (laughs) so yeah yeah.
0: that i would say that that was kind of the the way we look at that
1: when you when you write about some of the history though that has happened here how do you what do you do i mean you you can't ignore like you can't find a new you can find a new angle to 700 but you can't avoid 700 um so when you you, when you try to tackle that or even the battery record um, as all this stuff was going on, where did you kind of look? What what corners did you look in for those angles?
0: Well, for 700 homers, we just kind of uh, looked at the home runs, you know, and tried yeah. to bring – you know, we, we, we did. We kind of looked at – rehashed them or looked at them in, in different ways, and uh, you just tried to uh, come up with a different way of looking at it, I guess, yeah.
1: Yeah, what's the uh, – so what's – What's an interview that is held that, that you enjoyed? That you're surprised you got, or even a moment that uh, that you go in? Okay, this is this is a resonant moment.
0: That's a tough one. I, I would have to say that would involve the three guys we're talking about. One of the three guys we're talking about: Wayno, Yachty, or Albert. And I've been fortunate to have long sit downs with with each of them.
1: And, and, and anything about those long sit down that, that stand out?
0: Well, the one thing I would say that stands out is if you're going to interview Wayno, you're probably going to have to wait because he's not going to be on time. That's okay. that's, <laughs> that's one thing. And then uh, from the the Yachty interview, the one thing I do remember, because you know how Yachty might not want to talk to the media all the time, but uh, this was for the yearbook, and he and he kind of uh, knew that it was a bigger deal than just a regular yeah. story. So we're we're talking, and uh, we've probably talked thirty, forty minutes, and. You know, you kind of get the sense that he's ready to to wrap it up, maybe. But then uh, he he says something like, "I can tell you, tell you a story, but I don't have time." And it's like, "Oh, come on, God, You can't tease me mm-hmm. tease me like that." And they go, "What is it?" And he in uh, just pretty much a kind of out of the blue, he he goes, "Remember Carlos Beltran?" He said, "I hated Carlos Beltran when he got signed by the Cardinals." You know, mm-hmm. and uh, he just kind of talked talked and I had no idea that was that yeah. was the case so uh that that was fun and I ended up talking to Carlos about that about how they kind of eventually it didn't take them but a couple of months to kind of get on the same page and everything but that was uh that was definitely a memorable one when yachty kind of giving me a story there
1: yeah they had a they had their connection through Puerto Rico and they had a little bit of a rivalry going they had some things on the field um you know they they had questions off the off the field as far as where their personality went. that's interesting yeah it was that that's something that we saw at spring and that is also in spring where like carlos beltran and adam wainwright now teammates and forever linked for a great moment in one of their careers and a not so great moment in the other one's career and defining moments for the directions their careers went um the spring was where they talked through that as well
0: yeah i mean and i guess for them enough time had passed to where I think they could change their perspective was probably a little different than it was uh, say uh, a month or even a year yeah. after it oh, happened yeah. Yeah.
1: 15 minutes after 15 months yeah you're right they it did give some time well okay so your time with the sporting news that obviously has been a you know a long-standing institution in st. Louis it left um, more than a decade ago um, its archives followed um, it it was the Bible of baseball. It carries that name, um, but it's gone through a lot of changes. I want to first ask you, when you got there and you start writing baseball for the Sporting News, what's the level of expectation for, for what you produce? What, what, what is the history at your back when you're putting fingers to keyboard?
0: Well, I mean, the, we had a big sign in the Sporting News office, tell us something we don't know you know and that uh you that's i think a goal of every journalist but uh it was just really kind of sh- emphasized at the sporting news from from the time you walk in there
1: do you think do you know where that sign came from does it, does it was it yellow from age
0: no I, I i don't know but my guess would be it was uh, john Rawlings, the editor yeah. at the time kind of brought brought that in
1: was it a big deal for you um to write for a place known so much for baseball writing?
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, I can remember in the 1960s uh, my dad bringing home the sporting news, you know, and I was more of a sporting news guy than a Sports Illustrated guy because my dad brought home the sporting news and not not Sports Illustrated. So I, I can even remember reading the little write-ups they would have over the basketball and baseball box scores and trying to say, okay, I can steal that verb and this verb and, and doing that. So yeah, it was uh, I had known about the sporting news for 40 years practically before I started working there and then you go there and uh, and you do feel a responsibility that you want to cover the game right.
1: You uh you know, the sporting news had correspondence for every major league team, every really major professional team, but definitely every major league team, and was constantly getting updates there. Baseball America still has a similar thing um, where they have a correspondent for every major league or organization or, you know, or for the organization as a total. MLB.com obviously has taken that model. And enhanced it where they have a beat writer for every major league team, um, but other than that, I mean, so much has changed, right? For just how the game day to day or week to week is covered.
0: Well, think about it. I mean, the the sporting news we would weekly you would run notes on every team, right? Mm-hmm. Notes just kind of about as several players, what was going on with the team, and when you think about it, those notes that were in the sporting news. Those things are tweeted. Those things are out there right. pretty much in real time and, and anymore. So, it just uh, those, I can see why that notes format would have to be very very different than uh, than today. And even even then, twenty years ago when we were doing that, we would have a category called "See a Different Game." That was mm-hmm. the sporting news yeah. kind of lo- motto. I remember that. Us, yeah, you yeah. Know, see a different game, and that's. Uh, really it gets down that gets down to reporting as well
1: i think you know what to be honest like that's see a different game i honestly think that that's like every story now that i try to write i mean or at least that's like in the back of my head a little bit is how do i report this so that there's a different side of it um you know even like the, the cardinals go split squad and i was looking at that like how do i go find a story on that day with so much going on that maybe no one else is gonna see and I, I kind of took a I took a leap um, I wasn't sure if other people were gonna go and ride it but uh, you know it turns out that they didn't you know brendan donovan returning after eight months to play second base and i thought well this is a chance and what can i what can i report and find out about that so that while the pitchers are getting a lot of attention this early on or the or the corner stones coming out to play for the first time or the uniforms what can i tell that's a little different but also could be just as important to the cardinals
0: absolutely and I think that that to me is a, an example of experience you know you've got the perspective you you know what you're you, you know to be looking for something different when you see it you know what you know like that could be it then you go in and report it and, and find out so I, to me that's a good example of just uh, having a an experienced perspective.
1: It also is kind of what you talked about. You wanted to do with the magazine is see a different game or see a different side to this person. You know whether it's taking them off the field to tell that story, going back home to tell that story, looking into the high school to tell that story, or even like strategy element or turning over the column. Tell us more in your personal voice. So it is also the kind of a guiding light there for your work too, is to see a different game.
0: Always. I mean, yeah, I, I would say that that's probably you know if you have three marching orders that's definitely one of the one of the top three for every everything we do not just stories but you know tweets or anything
1: yeah or I, videos yeah videos <laughs> everything yeah. yeah
0: I mean they're so you know that's that's the goal right you want to try to give fans something that they're not seeing so maybe then they'll remember you and say, hey I n- remember that from then and uh, let's go back to that
1: I warned you that I was gonna ask you about this because we started talking about it a little bit Does that make baseball riding better? Then maybe it was when you were an editor there in San Diego, better than when it was with the Sporting News? Or are we seeing better baseball coverage because there's so much wider competition, so many more sources? Um, or or is it just different? <laughs>
0: To me, if you ask me, I think coverage today is absolutely better. I mean, and in a way, it's similar to the game. I mean, there's more information available mm. to report for reporters, for writers. So you're gonna you're gonna have more more to uh, to work with there. It's-
1: I lost a pen. Well, no, I can't write. I can't write. I can't write anything about the game. Uh, Pen's out. So, yeah. And how do you see that showing up? Like, do you see that in top? I mean, because, look, like, there's so much content. You can do a content tornado. um, But there's also more competition than ever for, like, what's right. And there's probably more information out there that's, you know, I see legends and falsehoods spread quicker. Um, So uh, how do you think, like, the good baseball writing kind of cuts through that cloud to stand out
0: to me the good baseball well if I, the baseball right in, and again i've been around a long time so i consider the source probably as much as anything you know so uh the people who are here who have feet on the ground who are covering the team here talking to people i'm obviously going to take into account more what they write mm-hmm. than someone who is at home kind of watching from afar and probably even basing some of their reporting on what the people here are uh, are doing do
1: you think that all of that has also changed the types of stories we can tell that players like so 40 years ago see a different game we're talking more about you know strategy and shifting pitches and you know seasoning at the game you've in your time and even really in my time this is my 20th spring training here i've seen players m- maybe more open is seeing the power of the stories away from showing their personalities. That maybe all this competition and all the need for content has changed the player's view of it, and we're, we're maybe getting more of a sense of who they are. We're seeing their game away from the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I still think that depends on the player. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, you're right. I really I think that, you know, I don't, I'm not sure how much that has changed. I think guys who were kind of more. Introverted, if you will, or still more introverted. You know, I mean, I think the guys that are out there, you, we see, you see them more on social media themselves, putting right. their own stories out there. But, yeah. uh, but I'm not sure how much that's changed.
1: So maybe a better way for me to say that then is like, this is a game of stories. It's always been a game of stories. You know, some of the stories tellers we've seen walk out of the clubhouse. We've seen some of those things, but there's the chance that we're still telling good stories and maybe even some of the best stories.
0: I would hope so. I mean, we're we're always trying to learn, right? We're always trying to get better, and I and I think we we are.
1: Yeah, and you, yeah, and you think that that's like a symbiotic. I mean, you find that with, working for the magazine too. Baseball is such a daily thing, but do you find that with the magazine too that it it meshes well? Baseball as a sport fits well with stories.
0: Different kind of stories, so f- yeah. yeah. But I mean, they're not yeah they're not game stories like we right, have right. Now, but no, there's absolutely stories that. Uh, that the magazine writes that you know have the perspective of what's going on.
1: All right, what's the next thing you're working on? You can give a you can give a pitch here. What are you oh, working on?
0: More than one thing here. Uh, let's see. I'll tease out. We're going to do something on the Tony Larusa coaching slash managing tree, if you will. Nice. On the road, you know, because yeah. uh, you know, I was a little disappointed yesterday when Skip Schumacher did not come out to home plate with the lineup card to exchange with his former teammate Daniel Descalzo. I, I think maybe Skip was big timing him a little bit or, <laughs> or something there. I don't know. But uh but no you you look around and we're starting to see a lot of guys who uh were under Tony's influence at one time or another, who were in pretty key jobs in the major leagues.
1: Well, Skip is a listener to this podcast, definitely a listener to this podcast. I don't think he gets past minute twenty-two, so or twenty-four, maybe. So you're good, you're good. He well, won't, he won't hold that against you I'm if you ask for a photo shoot.
0: I'm planning to go over this week and and, and see if that was, you know, give him a, the the uh, opportunity to say that wasn't that wasn't the case all right
1: very good and well you can find that then in cardinals magazine that's stan mcneil senior writer for cardinals magazine and longtime baseball writer and editor at the san diego union tribune san diego union when it was there and then it added the tribune later and of course uh worked for a long time at the sporting news where i'm sure you read his baseball coverage thank you very much stan
0: oh, i enjoyed it thanks for having me
1: You can find all of Stan McNeil's work in the Cardinals Magazine, which is available at the ballpark and, of course, through the team. That's the Cardinals Magazine. Some of the features he's done there are just remarkable, especially because of the insight he gets from the players and uh, and the moments he gets to spend with them. You can also find all the constant Cardinals coverage from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, including the story about Brendan Donovan, online at stltd.com or in the pages of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. As always, stltd.com is where you can get your chats and immediate coverage every day that there's a game during spring training. You can count on the Post-Dispatch providing immediate coverage and even pre-game analysis and previews of the game with the lineup. That's every day of spring training. We'll have three people. At least here all spring, every day, bringing coverage to sdltd.com. That, of course, includes the podcast. The Best Podcast in Baseball is brought to you by Closets by Design of St. Louis. You can find the Best Podcast in Baseball wherever you get your podcast. That's including iTunes, where you can subscribe to the podcast. Please rate and review the podcast. It helps me direct what uh, content is coming and what direction the podcast go. Subscriptions make sponsorships possible. And, of course, sponsorships make the podcast possible. Possible. all right that's enough there's a game to cover uh here at uh, cacti park of the palm beaches had to relocate quick so uh so onward we'll have a we'll have a good podcast coming up too uh where i get the chance to talk with my colleague about daniel guerrero about cardinal prospects look for it soon have a good day